0: Hi, this is stuttering John Melendez from the Howard Stern
1: Show. And for some really stupid reason, you're listening to Insufferable Bastards.
0: Great name for a podcast, morons.
1: Getting messages asking me to set up professional audio and audio settings.
0: Oh, nice. Oh, you mean through the service?
1: From Zoom, yeah, I don't know. The music by Satanic Panic 81. Hey everybody, I'm Carlos Danger. Welcome back to Insufferable Bastards. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Brian Spears. Hello, Brian. Hello, hello. So we're recording this on Saturday, October 2nd. We're going to be talking about the many saints of Newark, the Sopranos prequel that was released yesterday, Friday, October first but uh this is our first episode live or recorded live or recorded however you want to say it since ct horror fest back uh, in september we have one more episode to go that we recorded there uh with the pain of comics coming up so i think we recorded like four episodes total there uh they're pretty good i hope people listen to them you know i thought i was really happy with the one we did the first one we did with john Amenta. And Lloyd Green from Pint of Comics. There's no agenda. Yeah. There's no. There's no pre-planning. We just have a conversation about about movies. Although, like, I mean, I was saying uh, to Brian before we went on, like two days after the horror fest, I've been sick. Ever, I didn't catch anything at the horror fest. Although the lack of mask was making me a little. It was a little. It was a little weird. A little. little I had it was a little, little weird. I, I will. COVID I anxiety. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and I mean, and It was just unbelievable. It was too hot in there for me. For my uh out of shape uh 47 year old body but uh, it was also- very
0: very very warm it was very warm
1: yeah yeah so but but it was great and i just wanted to throw out there we met a couple of uh new people they we, we got some like stuff from uh, from a couple of people i should throw out there and this is uh this was charles Rosene he has uh crit master chucky he calls himself he reached out to us through Facebook, looking for an interview, but we don't really do interviews, you know, like no. uh, we, we can't really set it up because we never know when we're going to record. We would if we could, but we can't. So we won't. But Charles released a book called uh, the, Bo- the Book of Top Ten Horrorless. It's available at bookoftop10horless top10harless.com. The Nomcast, uh, our friend from Connecticut, Andrew Morgan, He's got a whole bunch of Halloween-related movies coming up. He reviews Netflix original movies. Uh, This week, October 5th, he's going to be Escape the Undertaker, WWE Interactive. And October 6th, There's Someone Inside Your House, October 20th, Night Teeth. I don't know if that's a schedule of movies or movies he's talking about. Maybe it's both. And then uh, one of the guys, one of the recipients of our, uh, not uh, what do we call this thing? Inseparable Bastards mug shocking things podcast the horror magazine for your ears just wanted to shout out uh to those guys you can get them at uh, anchor.fm slash shocking things develop on all major podcast outlets so that's that it's kind of cool to uh to meet. also people. i just want
0: to say it was really cool that we did put like our little baba Booey code phrase and people actually did use it Um, I was honestly shocked that it wasn't the three people that were gonna be the left of us who did also say yeah, the pint of comics are arguing with myself, dude from arguing
1: myself. Can't find his
0: I literally was shocked that you know it was nice to know that people actually listen, so I do appreciate that.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of I kind of feel like I have to watch what I say now because we actually have a few listeners. It was cool. So and also uh, it
0: was cool because they were all, I guess, similar to our age. And, you know, maybe definitely have maybe a, demographic. a tad bit grumpy. Yeah,
1: we definitely have a demographic. And that's what I was trying to do. I was people walking by. I was uh, a hey, old man. Look, I'm a fellow old man. Talk to me. Uh, oh, my ears killing me, man. The uh, we gave away a bunch. I just because I, I only just brought all the stuff back to my okay. basement from all that. And uh, I think I had I think I had 20 cups. And now I have six. So oh, damn. Um, I got one. I, I, yeah, you got one. I have like two or three. Uh, the Pine of Comics guys got three. So so whatever that is, people, then the rest were like legit uh, Baba Booey giveaways. So it was damn, really cool. that's awesome. That's so that's more than we even thought. The other thing happening is I think Mondo Creepy is, is going to be back very soon. Right. Do you remember the, the day? I don't, I don't, the ninth. I, I want to say it's next
0: because I got to work. I think it's like a day either that I work or I'm working an overnight. Um. Yeah, I, I want to say next week's the eighth. So yeah, it's the ninth.
1: I think it's the ninth. People can check Mondo Creepy on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, Matt Maesto produced and directed horror hostess show, which is now like very much in the vogue with Elvira suddenly returning. Yeah, there, drop something. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, there, it just seems like uh, I mean Shutter. I don't have Shutter, but I only know Shutter through what people post on Twitter. And it seems like it's very—it's it's a very specific uh, demographic they're going for. It's us, you know. Everyone's trying to market and repack, or, it or and people that are trying to be back hip- to us,
0: or hipper than us too. Where because it's like, listen, I don't know anything about Elvira. I have Shutter, but I don't watch any of the things that people like. I—I've never seen Joe Bob Briggs. I have a guy at work; he loves it. I just—I didn't have that USA up all night stuff. I didn't have any of that, so I never i only knew joe bob briggs from writing i never knew him like like his tv persona so that's a whole show that's on there too and a lot of people that draws a lot of people to it i just like that they have dead heat
1: yeah i mean i was never really a huge elvira fan i don't know i thought it was kind of even as a kid i thought it was cheesy i was a joe bob big uh, Joe Bob Briggs fan when he was on the, uh, the movie channel back in the day. But I don't know. That's every, there, everything that's new is, or uh, everything that old is new again. And it brings us to the topic of tonight's uh, discussion there The Many Saints of Newark. I should probably get out who, who directed this, right? It was a guy that directed a bunch of surprise. Alan episodes. Young? Is it Alan Young or nope, Alan? Alan Taylor. Something? Alan Taylor yeah, okay. uh, directed the film. And it was written by David Chase and Lawrence Connor. K o n n e r, according to uh, to Wikipedia. So, and David uh, Chase was supposed to direct,
0: but due to a family issue, did not. But was on the set every day.
1: Yeah, and he's doing a ton of press. It's like David uh, Chase has been reborn the last yeah. month or so. And I, I like listening to interviews with him because he seems like he's kind of the tortured artist type. He's 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 kind of moody, you know. He's he did a Mark Marin podcast, which was pretty interesting. He did a Uh,
0: Rolling Stone uh, interview, and he was, dare I say, a little ornery.
1: Yeah, well, that's his whole thing. Yeah, he's just like, he's always sort of grumpy, and he's the tortured artist guy. And the New York Times had this sort of insane article looking at why so many young people are watching The Sopranos now. And it's all, I guess it has, according to the New York Times, although they always do these trend stories, you know, everything's a trend. Everyone's got to label a generation. It's got to be Generation Z or the generation whatever. Millennials. But uh, they were talking about how so, like progressive leftists are really into The Sopranos because they see it as like the decline of capitalism and sort of the evils of capitalism and all this stuff. It was kind of hilarious, but it was wow. very interesting to hear David Chase sort of respond to that and how he kind of acknowledged that, yeah, he was he, he had contempt for the characters in the original show. It wasn't like they were heroes to him. And uh, he, go, he went on a whole rant about McMansions, how like where he grew up in New Jersey, you know, it was just turned into McMansions, these big, ugly spectacle things. So, I mean, one thing that was and then he said that the, the New York Times put out there that whoever wrote the article that, you know, when The Sopranos was originally on HBO, people would gather every Sunday as yes. you and I did together yeah, to watch yeah. The Sopranos. But they were like, well, but but it appealed to the people. That were living in McMansions. It was like a reflection on them, you know, and they saw it as a positive thing. And I was like, well, I well me and you weren't living in a McMansion. There's no. this assumption that like if you're 47 or so, you're rich. And I just I just don't get that. I just thought it was a, you know, a well-written and a good show. One that I like more now. Than I did when it first aired, because there's something to be said for watching that, for binge watching the Sopranos. Because when it first aired, it was it would oh. be frustrating because there'd be plot points and and plot storylines that would just be dropped, and I found that really uh, frustrating. But go ahead.
0: But I saw a po, or a po- or a message maybe you sent us because I did go back and I stopped. I stopped watching Sopranos because I was going to be like, oh, I'll watch all a bunch of them before what i was doing was just listening to the uh the soprano's podcast instead oh yeah um but what i was doing was like cuz i just was it was too much but i did the same thing you did fast forward through some of the psychiatry uh episodes oh uh, yeah stuff. i
1: didn't i thought that was like my am i the only one that does that but yeah no, i i, just- I I not only fast forward every time Jennifer Melfi comes on screen and Tony does his, his counseling. I also fast forward a lot of the Carmela stuff. I don't know. I guess that's just some I, I need some kind of help. Maybe I'm some type of uh, a woman hater. I don't know, but I just don't, you know, when I'm rewatching it, I just fast forward right through all that stuff. And I didn't, I watched like the last couple of episodes, you know, where Tony kills Christopher. Yeah. Uh, where What's his, when
0: Christopher- I wish I did that. I went more towards from the beginning up. I probably should have paid more that. In I don't retrospect. know why I
1: did. I just like randomly joined, decided to join in, in, at the end, you know, cause uh, I didn't really remember. I had watched the beginning at, at some point in the last couple of years, but uh, I mean, great show. Also like I love uh, Mike, Michael Imperioli is yeah. probably an unsung hero from that show. As great as James Gandolfini was as Tony Soprano, like, Michael Imperioli as Christopher to me is sort of the heart of the show especially in those later those couple of seasons where he gets a lot of uh screen time and talk about an actor that is so different from his like you know his on-screen persona yeah. and that character to what he is in real life he's quoted it's like a freaking hippie article. He's like, yeah, he's like he's an artist with a capital A. Yep, they, yeah, they quote him and they were like, well, he was on. He was doing a fundraiser for some type of, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, trans. Uh, I don't I don't know the exact term, but he was, you know, some type of L.G. L.Q. You know what I mean? I'm. I'm
0: yes, I'm, yes. L.G.B.T.Q. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then you hear him on that podcast, the Sopranos podcast, and he's such a gentle, like warm, loving guy compared to the other guy who's total you
0: know, theater nerd, total like yeah it's his just own
1: theater it's like him and henry henry uh uh whoever played fonzie uh henry Winkler. henry you know, Winkler, is yeah. so totally different than what you've seen and, and expect them to be so i that's what and at the beginning of uh the many saints of new or of newark i was so happy to hear his voice he's the narrator and spoiler yeah. alert if you, if you haven't watched it just don't listen to this but I thought that was pretty cool that he's the uh, – because you, you know what happens to him or what happened to him. So for him to doing that, to doing that right off the bat, I thought was, was awesome. Like, uh, I know I'm blabbing on here, Brian, but did you want to talk about, like, what's your, what was your general impression of many Saints of Newark? Oh, I don't
0: know, man. Uh, like it? Didn't like it? I love it and hate it almost at the same time. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, I, I can't say that I loved it. I'm intrigued and I want more. I don't know
1: um, oh, I felt incomplete. I did I did feel and again spoiler alert. Yeah, by the end of this movie it it doesn't feel like it's a complete story.
0: No, and it seems like they went in a and I don't know if this was I know David Chase really wanted to talk about Newark and those riots the in riots, Newark. Which really- I thought it doesn't help the movie. What was more important to me was like first off, I'll say Dicky. While he, all the acting is, is for the most part, is incredible. The guy playing Dicky, um, I can never say his name, so I'm not even gonna try. Novolo, you know, like, uh, but
1: Alessandro Novola. Yeah, he's he's oh, really good
0: in this. Um, but I don't know. He might be too much of a madman to like to get behind where Tony seemed more teddy bearish in a weird way and i know he was just as brutal this guy seemed more i don't know of a psycho to me um i i felt the the, the riots distracted me in the sense that i thought the story of hey there's a numbers runner and he wants the, he's tired of working for the white guy and he wants to start wow. his own yeah could have been just enough of a story there and that betrayal there like kind of like dickie is being, you know, is nice to him in in a world where he would not be normally treated nicely, like that betrayal. Like there should have been something more in that. Also, I don't know if this is supposed to be. I I don't know, and this is my big problem with the movie. I don't know if I wanted to see some of those real Soprano, though. Those Sopranos cast played younger. Big pussy. And, and,
1: yeah. Yeah, So-vio. it was almost distracting. There's a because, great. A bu- I've I've noticed at least two critics have used the term "Muppet Babies," uh, referring to those okay. characters, which I think is is on the nose. And they've said that it looks like they're tr- trying out for a sketch comedy show, which I also think is kind of on the nose.
0: Like, listen, I want to know the story about Dickie, John Burtonall's Carry, uh, Tony's dad, and and Uncle Junior more than I wanted the some of those peripheral characters. I'm not even going to say that I don't mind seeing Tony in it. But at some points, it was like, all right, you're putting him in so much, but it's not going anywhere. Yeah, I thought about. There Ray are and- great scenes in this movie. Great scenes. I just don't know if it all pieces together to be a cohesive, uh, legendary gangster movie, if that's what they were going for, in the way that the show was. Also, I don't know. And again, I, I'm going to rewatch it because I didn't hate it. You know, I, but it's like, I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to see Silvio. That took me right out of it.
1: Yeah. Cause I, uh, and cause it's like little Stevie is so distinct. It works for him.
0: Uh, Tony, yeah. uh, you know, the other guy, uh, Tony Poly- Sirico.
1: Paulie Walnuts.
0: Yeah. Like that guy, that worked for him. Somebody playing some of those manners hey, I got a new suit. I got a new suit. I don't like, you just can't ever much. be that guy. Yeah. And and I really wanted to know because again that Dicky dude kills his dad, kills his well, wife. Spoiler alert, spoilers. I mean, but Holy we say don't listen.
1: But those are major like the spoilers. guy's a
0: madman, and w- so what did Tony? You know, and Tony wasn't. I mean, he was a madman, but again, there was something. Also, the one scene that drove me nuts. night nice spoiler. Carmela shows up in one quick scene.
1: Yeah, there's some. Yeah, there's some pushback where. Yeah, it's just fan service where she just ran. Yeah, away. that was a little too I much. I think I liked it more than you, though. Based on what you're saying, I think I had a better experience. It.
0: You might it have. I mean, music. only because I wanted to see John in it. I wanted to see John just be more like,
1: "Hey, what are you doing?"
0: What do you mean, John? Bernthal.
1: John Berthall. John Berthall. Yeah. Well, here's my major thing. First of all, I mean, you, you can't go in expecting this to be The Sopranos. You know, and I agree. I think everybody probably knows that, but I maybe some people don't. Like the, the, that movie, you have to just temper your expectations a lot because it's just a two-hour movie. But the fact that they introduce new characters, Dicky Montesante specifically, and it works—that he pulls that off—is pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, but you had said a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if it was on an episode or not. You were like, oh, I don't know. These previews, the posters for it, they keep calling it a Tony Soprano origin. movie, And you didn't want that. And at first I was like, well, yeah, because I'm not a big fan of that actor. You know, Michael yeah. Gandolfini, I think he's so green. not that I know anything about acting, but I yeah. just know he was in he was in what the HBO uh, James he was Franco. In the and he was like, he just seems he the guy, most. He- he
0: got good at the like his last episode like you could see like he got a little bit better but still he
1: was in a I know, was a very really worried part. I was really worried it would be you know 2 hours of of him on screen and I, he just doesn't seem to have the chops to carry it uh, off yet He's 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 decent in this movie He's decent he, yes There's not there's something about him he's not my cup of tea he's not like a, I just don't enjoy his work I guess for whatever reason it's something but also I don't know
0: he, He's got the toughest part
1: to play Right. Yeah, there's no way. But I was so happy for a while there. I mean, it's like Tony Soprano is just a side character. And that's where I thought the movie was working really well, because we don't need. uh, But some I've seen some reaction on Twitter. People are surprised or some critics are saying or or, or slapping it for not being like a true Tony Soprano origin story. But we don't need a Tony Soprano origin story. If you watch The Sopranos, you spent years with the guy you spent years in therapy with the guy like, oh, he's an iconic character that, you know, so well, I think like, you know, one of the problems with Halloween that Rob zombie did was he took a simple character like Michael Myers and decided to go into this whole origin story and back and it annoyed the hell out of people. And I think had David chase done that with Tony Soprano, although it's a much more complicated character, obviously it would have been the same result. So I was really loving this movie for a while and it was just like you said. I I was totally on board with Dicky Multisante wow, and his so father good. Hollywood Dicky Multisante. Yeah. Ray Liotta is is great at the beginning of this. Uh, I was totally on with the dude Harold, and and just like I was like, wow, this is gonna mm-hmm. be. Yep. And I kept reading that all. Oh, uh, you know, like the Newark riots, race riots in '67 play such a strong role, in it, but it really doesn't. It's just sort of a couple. No. Of, it's like one as a set piece, and they like, oh, it yeah, look literally
0: it is. There's some and bad I, CGI again,
1: too. There's that scene where he comes home. Yeah. It's Like, oh. but.
0: It, this is literally a big, huge spoiler. So Hollywood, Malasante's shop can burn down. The, the newer, that's it seemed true. like that's the only reason why the riots were used.
1: So they can hide a body. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Because again, true. I
0: wanted so much more to
1: see of Harold. I, I was like, all right. He was a Greek.
0: yeah.
1: And, Something and there's new. not a payoff. Something new. And they introduce him. And then they just, at some point in the movie, and I just read in Wikipedia that there were some reshoots like in September on this thing. OK, his his character just drops off and they bring in more Tony like I don't, I mean, HBO is famous for not interfering, but it almost feels like they went in and just like added more Tony. I, I wish they this could have been a long maybe. I mean, at the end, again, spoiler alert, it feels like a sequel could be inevitable because you see yes. like, you, you know, you see Harold moving into whatever. And uh, but they drop his storyline. And actually, David Chase said as recently as uh, a couple of weeks ago. September that he would do a sequel as long as he work with Terrence winter the guy who did boardwalk empire. So it looks like there's going to be a sequel to this. I'm assuming it's, it's doing well. Uh, see now I wish I want to see more Dicky. Right. Yeah. That's the one thing they had this great character, but yeah, I, I, I sort of agree with you. Uh, I still, I, I would recommend the movie if you just, Oh you no, just I would totally like watch this movie. It's a good crime yes. movie, but yes. what I couldn't kick, what I couldn't get out of my head was Why isn't John Bernthal a lead? I don't know. Why isn't he? And that
0: might have been his schedule, like, because he's a
1: busy guy. But it's like, why isn't he a lead in all in these? Like, he's always a supporting guy. I mean, he's great. Everything is in. But he's like, you know, 1974 guy. He's Robert Duvall in like the early 70s where Duvall had all these supporting parts. But it's like, come on. He even looks like uh, Michael Imperioli a little bit. They got they got yeah. the prominent nose thing going on. Like, I just think I wanted more of that guy because I think he's a great actor who who is like, who should be huge. You know, and I, I think he's on a see... level of, I think he's Pacino De Niro-esque. You know, he clearly has that vibe that's clearly his influences. And I just thought, I couldn't get past the fact that I thought he would have made the perfect Dickie Moldesanti. He's great in the scenes he's in. The other thing I'll say yep. about this movie if you go back and watch Goodfellas with the Samuel L. Jackson character in in Goodfellas, right? Whenever there's a black guy in the screen in these like heavy mob movies, it's always comedic effect. Like the N word is around. They're, they're always they're a little bit. The racism is is played off as funny. In this, John Bernthal's you know Johnny, he's uh, he's Tony Soprano's father. Yep. He is like ugly racist. You know, he yep. he comes home, he gets out of jail, and he's asking like, why do black people move into his neighborhood? How dare they? be on the block with him so that was sort of a, a, another twist to see but he's not he just kind of disappears from the movie i just spit they, but, they all have great vignettes yeah literally kinda... everyone has a great scene and the, and
0: like i said all the acting i mean i thought vera Farmiga has the toughest role to really come over because i think all, in our hearts in our minds if you watch the sopranos tony's said, mom is a uh, huge part yeah and she plays it good like and i love the they introduce like hey maybe she has mental illness you know like maybe you
1: know she's got issues she's got some issues yeah so, and, and david, all and of it's that so is funny about david chase is a big like mental health advocate you know like mm-hmm. and I, I also like the fact that again spoiler i won't get into it too much but dicky moltesante after he does some horrible things he essentially this movie essentially has counseling sessions but instead of like a psychiatrist by lorraine brocco you know he goes to a guy he knows in jail his uncle And that's essentially the same. That's who he goes for for his counseling. Yes, that's I thought that was that
0: that's that uh, like another little throwback or callback to the Sopranos. Now, can I ask you a weird, really strange thing? Because here's here's my other in my head, man. Like part of me was like, oh, that those Ray Liotta uncle scenes, because that was a little distracting at first. And I'm still convinced, like, maybe that's them in heaven. And they're I, dead. you
1: know what I was I thought it was I thought maybe they were dream sequences. Because, yeah, because he I mean, he does have a clear flat out fantasy. Yeah. In one of them. And then comes to and and the yeah, the radio is
0: David him. Chase's motif like he's not exactly like as much as the he's got the, the 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 garbage man gangster down like he throws in lots of arts.
1: He's another artsy kind of guy. Right. Yeah. He gets a little he gets a little English literature. Which is, you know, I was saying earlier, there was that New York Times article that I thought was kind of crazy saying like leftists love the Sopranos now. And uh, what's great about David Chase is that he's open to other people's interpretations. You know, I, I get yeah. kind of depressed and it's in our, our next episode, actually. And I'm not I'm not bashing Johnny Amenta, but when we had Amenta on from the Pint of Comics, we were talking about Dawn of the Dead versus Day of the Dead. He took the line, which you hear a lot. And our, our, our founder of the podcast used to say this a lot, too, who's a screenwriter. Well, like Dawn of the Dead, all that stuff about commercialism, that's not what was intended, and blah, blah, blah. And OK, maybe it wasn't what was intended when the writer sat down and wrote the, the story. But it depresses me when people dismiss that as, no, that's not, you know, what's the purpose of art if not to have a different interpretation of something? It hits yeah. every individual in a different way. So I like that David Chase is open to that. He'll say, well, maybe that's, oh, that's interesting. You know, I just thought that's really cool. If you go and read that article. I won't tell you how the Sopranos ended. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's interpreted the way you want. He's like, yeah, yeah. I wrote something. Here's what I wrote and how people, uh, you know, once you, you know, you you let loose something on the world, you don't have control over how people uh, interpret it. So I just thought that was pretty cool. uh, By him, so. I guess we should try to like hone this in a little more because I'm interested to hear what you would rate it. I mean, it's got a 74%. Let's think like we're back in high school when we would take English tests in like ninth or 10th grade. Brian and I went to high school, went to school together until Brian got kicked out and had to go to Catholic school for a couple of years after trying to assault a teacher. But like. You know, so the, Rotten Tomatoes right now has a 74, which I guess is certified fresh, whatever that crap means. Okay. But if it was like, you know, if it was like the English test, the essay, and you're the teacher grading it 100, you know, 100% you know 100 percent. I'll go 100 plus. Yeah, we'll go by percentages. What would you give the many saints of Newark? Probably an 80. An 80. OK, I would give it like a, I would give it a 90. So okay. you're, you're talking like a B minus area. And I'm talking uh, a minus. And maybe
0: listen, dude. I think I'm gonna watch it again because my expect like this is half the reason I got HBO Go. You know what I mean? Like I mean, I've had <laughs> it all, all Max, summer, right? But, man, whatever it is, whatever it is. But um, I had a stroke, man. I don't know what I'm saying half the time. Uh, no, I just like because the-
1: your your cable system was like really late in introducing <laughs> yeah. these things. Just hilarious. It's cablevision, of course. It's the guy that owned the Knicks who's like just got an issue. So and maybe I maybe I was anticipating this movie too much and wanting
0: this movie so much and it's just and again the the little things you know why cuz I'm seeing all the commercials I did watch something to see like I only looked at things after cuz I avoided anything with this and now you know like every picture I see it's you know it's the silvio guy in the background with his hair flopped yeah. I I just that's what bothered me and like
1: and all the advertising, I, all the posters it's all over twitter like, or anywhere you go on the internet, the man who made Tony Soprano. It's, it's not really... And the way know, they he,
0: market it, I don't know why Tony liked his uncle.
1: You know what I mean? That's
0: the other thing.
1: Well, yeah, and a couple of critics have pointed that out too. You you kind of... they He looks up to him, but they never really build what their bond is. And then there's... it—it. It, I don't know if it's the third act because I'm not a screenwriter. I don't know when the third act begins. But all of a sudden somebody's like, ah, Dickie, stay away from Tony. You know, Tony's got yeah. this potential, which also, you never get the feeling that Tony is this genius. He no. just seems like a schmuck. He's, yeah. But, you know, this, this guidance counselor is like, oh, he's going to be a true leader. And so Dickie sort of cuts it off. But it, literally on film, it's like, it's like 30, 30 seconds. Yes. You know what I mean? I might have just cut out right now. But and uh, that's in between, you know, murdering family members. <laughs> so yeah, you, it gets you. The, the fact that, you know, he has some bond with Tony and he was his big influence on Tony. And just spoiler alert, major, major, major spoiler alert at the end of it. Yeah, I didn't understand how this guy put Tony on the path to becoming, you know, a mob boss. It didn't really it didn't feel like it. I, I, I they should have just cut out Tony. That would have been like we're yeah. saying they just cut out tony keep him a side story
0: about those like like give me more harold yeah yeah well that was my whole thing is if you wanted to have harold it'd be like those guys versus harold because here's the other thing there you know listen there was definitely some racism you know in in the sopranos in the sense you know they weren't holding hands with the black gangs you know what i mean like it's like like, all of a sudden, you're bringing, like, this racial tension where there really wasn't it. Like, I mean, in the times there were, but in the movie you're showing, it was like, I could see more Harold, your friend, backstabbed you. You know what I mean? You know, or back, you know, screwed you over and stuff like that. That's the reason the movie, and they don't pull that up enough. And I really think that could have been you know, a better something else to explore. Yeah. To explore Or they didn't. Yeah. Like they mention it, but they don't follow through. There was a lot of not following through, but I will say this. It was so nice to see something so different.
1: Yeah. It's um, still better than a Marvel movie. Every, any day. Yeah. Of the week. And also yeah. I would say like of all these prestige television shows that have been revisited the last couple of years, you got the Deadwood movie. You got, what was it? El Camino breaking yep. bad. Uh, continued or finalized the story of what's his name? Not, not whatever. Jesse, Jesse. Yes. Um, uh, I thought this was the best. I thought this was better. than. Oh, I might've liked, might liked
0: Deadwood better. I might've liked Deadwood better. I was I don't even, even remember say, much about it.
1: I just remember Al trying to pee a lot,
0: but I do remember that at least gave you some nostalgia and some, and it closed a bunch of stuff. And this, I'm not asking for them to close anything. If anything, they opened too much up. I just, I wanted to know, I wanted to get to know the dicky more like i just yeah. wanted those i wanted to see more of those guys
1: yeah and just like so i thought uh let me look like, this like for instance i will say this i did I, I i would
0: totally recommend this i will also say this i have not seen cry macho but i definitely couldn't wait to watch this movie you know what i'm yeah. trying to say and i would recommend like still watch this movie especially if you're, and again i'm not the die hardest die hardest soprano guy um I mean, I like the show. I do think there are, you know, one or two better shows, if not equal to. Um, it's just I might have missed a few little. Hey, this is what I should have paid attention to this. Right. You know, maybe it this does. Makes it sense. did feel
1: to me like if you haven't watched The Sopranos, this movie won't be as enjoyable because I agree with you, you know, it's definitely a companion piece. And it's one of the things we always rail against you said a thousand times in all the years we've been doing this podcast versus the mobile horror companion. Now as in self bastards. You hate like Marvel movies because, you know, you, you, Oh, well that's from book five of the, you know, the Archie yep. comic or the thing that came out in the back of a Cheerios box. They're referencing yeah. that, which is like really maddening. And this movie sort of feels like that as well. I don't yeah. think if, you, if you've never seen the Sopranos, there's a lot of, especially with this. I mean, that's part of the reason Michael uh, Gandolfini, I think, can pull this off because you're basically, you're, oh, it's Tony Soprano. You know everything about this. No, you, you, you kind of know his story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he doesn't really have to act. He just has to be. Uh, I, I will. I thought, what's his name? Corey Stoll as Junior yeah. Soprano. Yeah. Not in the movie a whole lot, but very yeah. good. He was. And really that guy's good. become like, you know, your go-to. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton type a little bit because he's in everything and he's always pretty good he was also I thought he was really good in a house of cards uh, a couple oh years, he was great like. in
0: house of cards yeah I actually got to I did a little indie movie with him and he was like the coolest thing in the world he even oh, told no me kidding. like a cool little Hollywood story yeah like I, he he could have done I, I mean I hope I don't get in trouble what movie was uh, it, like, well he was offered like a big studio movie with uh uh like 300 Spartans um <laughs> And I think he turned that down to go do a David Fincher TV show, which I think was a better choice.
1: Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that guy's, that guy's good. He's really good in it. You know, do they play up that angle enough? Like, you know, no, junior that's Soprano, all- he sets something in motion. That's a major thing in this movie and you get it. Cause you're like, you know, junior from this, but they don't, this movie doesn't carve out junior's character enough to sort of, why did he do that? But, uh, yeah, and that's all oh, I'm bro, saying. I like, rather... we're, being, we're being hypercritical yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm gonna start choking in a second. So maybe we should wrap this one up. But, but I also uh, want to
0: say I thought Michael Gandolfini had the hardest role, and I, I I wasn't that upset. Although I don't think you needed him. That's all I'll say. But he 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 did not disappoint me. He he's not like Sofia Coppola
1: him, in Godfather yeah, Three,
0: exactly. Like he should be committed. I give him, he, he had a lot of bravery for taking this role. I'll give him a way. I, I, I don't know if I would have said yes. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And he was less boy.
0: of a character than all the other original, like Sopranos cronies that we all love.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. He seems, it's not like he's doing an impression of Tony Soprano. He's just playing, he's just acting the part. And that, yeah, yeah. that's a really good point. Cause every, all the other supporting characters who were from, you know, the Sopranos TV show, and now they're younger, they all really seem like, yeah, they, it's almost like Halloween costumes a little bit. Like
0: when you said it's Saturday Night Live, now it's like, that's all I see, yeah.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, I guess that's that. So anything else you wanted to add, Brian? No, I mean, I, I all I'll say is I'm anxiously
0: awaiting to see if they do something else, because I, I could get behind, like, even there, there was another two-hour movie every two years. And, and yeah. give me some other, maybe some other world. I'd love to see what happens to Harold.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I would watch more of that. Maybe they can introduce somebody else. I don't know. Like Or, uh, or you, know, you know, like the just, restaurant I, owner's I love- dad, whatever it is, Artie's, yeah. Artie buko's Artie. dad. Maybe he was uh, interesting. But, I mean, it is pretty cool we now live in this world where something like this exists. Because, I mean, this wasn't happening in, like, the 80s, 90s. You know what I mean? Where they go back yeah. and they revisit something like this, and like, and then you, there's something like Better Call Saul exists, where they, have the, you know, Breaking yes. Bad, this great show, they come back, go in this whole different direction, and I'd say it's better than than the source material. Yes. So, all right, we better end this because I'm going to start choking to death, and I don't have any water or anything. So, uh, yeah. for Mr. Brian Spears, I'm Carlos Danger, and this was uh, the Insufferable Bastards.